It makes it seem cooler and edgier. I may or may not drop an F-bomb. What people understand is I fucking love poetry. Welcome to the dancing portion of the... The singing portion of the... Yeah, you can definitely cut this part. Extend it out, Julie. Put it at 0.25 speed. Welcome to the Ride Around Podcast. A chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steven, and sadly, Kay cannot join us here today, but I'm joined by my co-host, Julie. Julie, what are we talking about today? So today we have a special guest. Her name is Julia Ramirez. She is a poet by night and a marketing copywriter by day. She is the author of two poetry collections, Sentience and Garden. Her poems have been featured in Name, The Buffalo News, and Clementine Magazine. Her third book, From a Window, will be available June 1st on Amazon. Uh, so Julia, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Very exciting to have an actual like published author on here. You know, gives us a little bit more credence in the eyes of the re- listeners. So thank you. All right. So I guess we're going to jump into some questions. We're doing mostly an interview of Julia. We're all very excited to learn about kind of her process and how she comes up with her poetry and publishing, a whole bunch of topics we're going to cover today. So yeah, let's just start with um, why poetry? What draws you to that, Julia? So I, I'll get into my history a little bit. When I was, I think, probably eight, seven or eight, I was obsessed with music as any young child is, but I was always drawn to the lyrics. And so I would always try to write songs for myself and kind of in in a dark way uh my very first song that I ever wrote was about 9-11 and how I felt very sad (laughs) hey I mean if there's anything to be poetic about that is a very life-changing event so yeah it shaped the country (laughs) (laughs) it I can tell you um it I said things like Oh, I was walking on a mountain and I almost fell off a cliff, but now I don't care about that mountain and I don't care if it's too steep. And I laugh now (laughs) every time I think about it because it made no sense. I had never come close to falling off a mountain, but it was my little, you know, tiny brain trying to perspectivize crazy happenings in the world. And so from then um, on, I was always drawn to any type of writing, whether it was an essay or a short story or fiction writing, but poetry stuck with me because I felt that it was the most beautiful and um, relatable type of literature. I think that poetry definitely, I feel like it conveys the most like emotion compared Mm. to other writing. So yeah, I think that that's definitely something to kind of relate your life to. I feel like it's the most... I guess, like, intricate way to do it. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah, it's intricate, but in the same way, like, it makes it, like, very uh, personal to each reader because although the topics that you might be kind of examining are very, like, commonplace, you're examining them through, like, a new, like, metaphor or whatever. And when I've read your works, it's new novel, like, analogies for, you know, the process of, like, falling in love or becoming an adult. And a question I had for you was, like, how do you kind of get to the process of making metaphors that are effective analogies but don't feel either too, like, hacky, too trite, or, like, kind of miss the mark as to being relatable? A lot of times the things that I write at first are very cliche or they've been done a million times. And so I have to be very mindful about that. Um, 
and it's something I've gotten better about as I've gained more experience and as I've read more work from my peers and from, you know, famous poets that I aspire to be like. So I try to just go with my gut and say, oh, you know, this maybe makes sense to talk about, you know, one metaphor relating to love or relating to body image or relating to femininity. And I feel like I'm always drawn to something if it's, to me, if it seems new. Like I might not be feeling that, you know, like if, if nobody's done it before, if I've never heard it, then I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. Um, but like I said, sometimes that's an inevitable part of writing. Like love is amazing. Love is beautiful. And you're like, okay, like how can I say this a little bit more poetic? <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, one of the tough things about like, creating art is you're like, is this to like have, has this been done already i know sometimes someone will mention oh that story that you're writing sounds a lot like this story and like in my heart like i feel like uh, like a weight just falling like someone's done this yeah. already you know so i'm sure that's always like something that's especially for the field of poetry which is so well explored it's always hard to like tread on new ground and everything but from what i've read so far of your stuff it seems like you do that really well thank you yeah um, one other question I had, it kind of wrote this very interesting. You mentioned like one of the things that got you into like being a creative uh, person is uh, 9-11 because a lot of your work seems to relate to like your worldview, um, especially as you've gotten older. Um, do you feel that like art is like, I guess you kind of answered this, but like how effective do you think art is in terms of exploring your worldview? And do you see any like pitfalls like where it kind of falls short occasionally, not completely capturing what you uh, when expressed when it comes to like, for example, like your intersectional feminism and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, I think art is essential in, in trying to convey what's going on in the world. Um, no, no matter what medium it is, whether it's poetry, painting, filmmaking, you name it. Um, and I think that I, 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 I like to think that I'm a self-aware person, so I can really convey what I'm feeling or what my hopes and dreams are, what my fears are, um, as it relates to the world at large. But like you mentioned, I also feel like I have a responsibility to be as much of an intersectional feminist as an ally to people in my work. Um, I'll, I'll read it later, but one of the poems that I wrote for From a Window, and uh, it was actually published in the Buffalo newspaper, so I'm very proud of that poem, um, is called A Bird Cried War. And that is um, essentially like a poem talking about how we the people are going to fight back when people try to oppress us in whatever way it may be, whether you're a woman who is losing her rights, whether you're you know, part of the LGBTQ plus community who's losing their rights, whether you're you know, anybody. Um, so I think it's, it's important to be an ally, but I'll, I also think it's important to kind of stay in your lane too. Like, I don't want to talk about things that I may have absolutely no direct influence in or something I haven't experienced before. But I think, you know, because there are other artists who want to use their platform to kind of elevate their voices. So there's definitely like um, a very fine line, but also it's a very wide line at the same time, <laughs> depending. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Very well put, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, has there, have you, are there any topics that maybe you could think of right now that 
you've come across where you like want to write about or maybe are like hesitant to write about or anything that you make or even that you hope to cover in the future? Any like topics that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, something that comes to mind for sure is um, last year in 2020 when we were seeing all of the protests on police brutality. That's not something that has ever directly affected me. But I've seen people who know people who have experienced it or, or any kind of hyper horrible racism. Um, and so I, I do have like a poem and a half that talks about not others' experiences of it, but kind of my own lens in From a Window. The poem is called I Want You to Live With This. And it, it's sort of like a, um, it's not just about one issue necessarily. It's kind of like, a a conversation that I had with a family member like hey like if you're not standing up for these people what happens when something happens to me because you didn't stand up for this person and then what if they come for us next so it's it's something that I definitely will continue to explore you know in terms of like you know how I can be a better citizen how I can be you know a voice for myself and the communities that I'm a part of and also bringing light to causes and issues that are important to me. Yeah, I feel like um, 2020 in general, I'm sure was very, in kind of a sad way, like inspiring to you or anybody who has like a creative thing that they do because there was just so much going on in the world. So I can definitely see how you uh, had a lot of material to kind of draw on, you know what I mean, during that time. And if it's in probably also some pandemic. of it sad. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was sad and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, tough emotions that you're going through during that time yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is Would you say that your new book is like kind of rooted in that from a window? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's 100%. Like, I mean, the whole, the whole reason why I named the book From a Window is because, you know, for lack of a better definition, we were all inside. We were all kind of watching the world play out from our windows You know, I also kind of took it into a second meaning, like looking into the window of yourself, right? Like kind of like an outside looking in as opposed to an inside looking out. So there's um, those two. It's it's kind of like a dichotomy that I play with throughout the book um, in different ways, because, you know, I talk about the things going on in the world, but also the things that are going on in my brain and my body and my heritage. So it's a very observational book, to say the least. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> June 1st, everybody. June 1st. <laughs> June 1st. We'll be posting links to that once it's available to all of your works once uh, the podcast is up and everything. Yeah, it's actually going to be my longest book, too. There's, um, unless I slice some off or add some on between now and June 1st, there are 75 poems in that book, which is almost double what Garden was. Wow. How do you, like, um, I guess, determine how many poems going to book because I think you said that the first one had the least right and then the mm-hmm. second one is gonna have more and then this one's obviously gonna have more so I guess like how do you determine like the number that's going into it or are you kind of just writing and then however many it ends up being it kind of ends up being so with sentience my first book that was the easiest um it started as a, a kind of final project for my creative capstone in college and that I knew immediately was going to be 26 poems because um it is an alphabetization of emotions and feelings. So there's 26 letters in the alphabet. There's an emotion or feeling for each letter. 
so 26 poems. Yeah. Um, and that, that was definitely easier to do because I knew kind of what the end goal was. Whereas with both Garden and From a Window, um, there really wasn't... I knew for each one I wanted to add more poems. Like, I wanted it to be more lengthy, more, like, book length. Yeah, I mean, it really was just kind of when I thought the story had been told and I had said everything I wanted to say. Um, obviously, with From a Window, I had a lot more to say. Um, just because, like you said before, there were so many things that have happened in the last two years. And, you know, I published Garden in March of 2019. So um, a, a year later, you know, the pandemic hit and I had had some material from before that anyway. So it just all kind of became this one large thing. I just got to ask, like, did they put something in the water? You guys went to school? Cause, like, <laughs> you both, you and Julie and Julia, you guys are able to like crank out so much like material around like struggle. I'm like, I've been trying to get a uh, one story done like by March and it's still like not, you know, clearly March has passed and I'm still working on it. So I'm like, uh, it's just inspiring how quickly you guys, well, not quickly, but like how consistently you guys are able to like produce things that you're like determined to like put out there. It's very, it's amazing. So I, I don't know. You guys got to bottle that up and start selling it, I guess. <laughs> we should. Honestly, we should. I, mean, I don't know about you, Julie, but I feel like I owe a lot of my creativity to our teachers in high school, especially like, you know, our English teachers that we had, like Mrs. Bulla, Mr. Feely. They were all just rock star teachers and inspirational and allowed us to have so much freedom with how we thought. So that's just my, yeah. my take on it. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think that I, I think that having a good introduction to literature in school is definitely like a good foundation for that. Cause I know like one of the first things or one of the big things that like has always stuck out to me is like when we read um, we were at the Iliad at one point mm -hmm. and I just like loved it. And I was like, this is yeah. so fascinating. So I think that's really what like sparked that like interest and, you know, just like, cause I like to write like fantasy type things. Mm -hmm. So just like mythology and just like fantasy type things. I just like, I really think it started with like reading the Iliad as yeah. well, honestly. Like it's very fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally think so too. Like I was always drawn to, I'm I I love a good fantasy novel also, and I feel like that also sort of in a way inspires how I write because even though I'm not writing like fantastical poems, like I think that just the narrative voice of how fiction is told is something that I like to incorporate in poetry and make it like more of a prose, more of like a thought, more of a conversation because I like you know I think. In, in some ways, it, it makes the writing a little bit more accessible for people, right? Because I feel like sometimes poetry, people get turned off because they think it's like so bougie and so <laughs> hoity-toity and they can't even understand it because there are so many metaphor metaphors. But, um, but I think, you know, if you just kind of write how you talk, but make it beautiful, then more people are more inclined to understand what you're saying and resonate with it. Yeah, and I think that the way it takes a really like creative mind to be able to come up with like these descriptions because you do such a good job of finding ways to describe, you know, even simple things or maybe mundane things that are and describing it like so it's like a completely different world, just this one thing you're describing. You know what I mean? So I think it it takes like a really creative mind to be able to come up with such intricate things and descriptions. So, props to you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think that 
could be like a good transition into the next question you have there, Julie, about the process of coming up with a poem. Oh yeah. Right. So yes, I guess like what, what I want to know is like, what does it start with? Are you starting with kind of like a specific emotion or is it maybe like a situation you were in or like, kind of like, what's like that first like spark that gets you going? Sometimes I should say all the time, it's completely different depending on what it is. So for example, I have like dictionary.com's word of the day on my phone. And so one day I just, you know, was bored and like scrolling through and I saw that the word of a day was um, adumbrative. And I was just like, whoa, that's a fun word. Like, what does it mean? And so it's an adjective that means serving to foreshadow or faintly indicative. And I'm like, this is perfect. I can put this in my book. Um, And so the, so immediately when I get inspiration, I'll write it down either in a notebook or lately it's been my notes app because I feel like I'm always kind of out and about when something strikes me. Um, And then I just start typing every single thing or writing down every single thing that I'm thinking of, just kind of like splat it out on the page and then you know, later on, I can come back to it and be like, okay, like, this was a really cool thread. Like, how can I make this a little more smooth? What else can I add to it? Um, so uh, the poem that I created out of adumbrative, adumbrative, however you like to pronounce it, um, is I took like a stance of when your ear is ringing and you, you think like, oh, this something's happening. Someone's talking about me. Like, there's something about to happen, something you get a premonition almost. Yes, it's yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Poems and premonitions. There you go. Oh, um, we should have gone with that title. Oh my God, we should. I, I could change it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I already titled my channel. It's too late. <laughs> too late. Um, <laughs> so I thought that, so that's, uh, that poem ended up being like the third poem in From a Window. Um, it will be the third poem in From a Window because I thought it was a great introduction into the foreshadowing of the shit that was going to come between 2020 to now. Um, but, you know, and that's just one example. Like sometimes, you know, I'm feeling like crap as a lot of us have felt over the last two years. And I got COVID last year. And so I wrote a lot of poetry about it. And, you know, it's I sometimes things strike me really hot like that really fast. And I just blah, like I said, splat it all down. But sometimes I have an idea and I know I want to talk about something and I just have to really let it simmer for a long time. Um, like some of the poems that I have in here literally took me two years to finish because I'm like, I know kind of what I want to say, but everything that I try to talk about this particular topic just seems either cliche or just not quite what I want to say. And, you know, the simmering process is very essential to me when writing because like, you know, like a good soup, <laughs> it's got to simmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah the flavors marinate, the come flavors, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually very interesting because at first, when you first said that, I was like, two years to write a poem, like after a while, I wouldn't just, but I'm like, when you think about it, poetry is such a shorter, like, uh, form of like doing like um storytelling whereas if a short story if i'm like at a point where i'm like this sentence structure is not really working but i'm just going to move past it you can't really do that in a poem because like one sentence could be like a fifth of like a poem for example so like if a portion of the poem doesn't really work it has like a much more 
has much larger potential to kind of just spoil the entire uh, entire piece, which is a very interesting thing to think about. Like you have you have to start for more perfection, such as such a, since it's such a small uh, tool to kind of like do your storytelling, which is cool. Yeah, and and I will say I feel like sometimes I do arrive at that final beautiful moment where I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted to say. This is great. And other times, if I really just can't get it, I, and I might like start to think about it in a different way, then I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can say it this way, and it totally changes the whole, you know, meaning of the poem. And you know, I'd sat there simmering on it forever, but it just wasn't what it was intended to be. Where, um, so you have one piece that was like kind of like from the onset, you had a set number of um, poems that had to go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sentience piece, which is like an alphabetized, uh, if that's the right one, mm-hmm. um, collection of stories. So were there ones that like were kind of like you had like a baseline? I have like these X amount, I have those poems kind of like pretty much set away. And, and then were there ones towards the end where like I just cannot find something that helps yes. finish off this collection? What was that like? Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'll pull my book up because there were several, because, you know, if you think I had to write a poem for every letter of the alphabet, so X was, I'm like, what the hell am I going to write oh, for yeah. X? <laughs> right. so, I, so I ended up writing accepting, like accepting with an E, but I, just, I started yeah. at X mm-hmm. and I, the way I wrote it was, it was two little stanzas in the shape of an X and no matter which way you read it, it kind of has a different meaning. Oh, that's beautiful. That's okay. Really cool. I don't know yeah. Um, so that one was hard because I'm like, X. Like, there is no emotion for X. I like to play with my structure sometimes. Like, I've I'm noticed pretty... that, yeah. Yeah, there's one with, like, drops or, like, blood drops or something with drops where you, it drips or is the word oh, drip. Maybe yes. where it, like, drips down, like, across the page. Let's I think see. that was in Garden, right? Yeah, Let's I don't see. even remember my own poem. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, oh, yeah, it was drought. You know, because the, the line is, um, fill my ears with liquid and I'll hum the song of the sea until my lungs sink. Because then I, I feel oh. like it like, yeah. trails off like you're yeah. sinking. That's, That's so awesome. cool. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty traditional when it comes to form. Like, like I should say, the layout of the poems. I don't I'll often do crazy things like that. And, that. and that's not even crazy compared to some of the my contemporaries' work out there. But um, I think it's fun, too, because especially if you, you're reading the physical book um, or even, you know, like on a Kindle, like you get to see that there's like an artistic part of it. Yeah, I agree. I've talked about that before with like, sometimes I'll, when I write, I like to see how words look on a page. And a lot mm-hmm. of times like the names of people or like the names of places, like I will solely go off like how the, it just looks on a page. So I definitely know what you mean. Like, it's just like, I think it just adds like another like layer of like yeah. something for the reader to think about if you have yeah. something unique about how it literally looks on the page. So I, I know what you're talking about. I agree. Yeah, I think it adds just like another extra level of thought. And I and I always appreciate reading that in other people's work. So I think that in in certain situations where it's appropriate that it's fun. I wanted to ask. Um, oh, yeah. So is there like a certain like maybe 
place or like time of day where you find that you're like the most creative? Like, I feel like for me, like when I'm at work, for some reason when I'm at work, I'm yeah. like, I always have all these ideas. And I'm like, I have like my notes app on my phone. I'm like frantically like writing in between doing stuff at work. And I'm like, <laughs> they, it always happens at the most inconvenient time. I know. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Work is, has been one of them for sure. Like I'll be on a call and like somebody will say something and I'm like, oh, I gotta like write it down immediately. Um, I, I would say so. Work, maybe that's maybe not the first one for me. I would say um, I've been getting a lot of inspiration, like right after I'm done working out. So like you know you get kind mm -hmm. of that post exercise clarity, Makes sense, um, yeah. of which I've written about in this book also from a window. Um, you know I'll I'll be like sweating my ass off and I'm like still at the gym, and then. I'm like, oh, like it'll just, you know, either the music I'm listening to or just how my body's feeling. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like typing and my fiance would be like, like, are you are you done with that machine? Like, can we go? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, wait, <laughs> I, I have to I have to get this out of my brain before I forget it. Um, And then, you know, that happens to me literally, like I said, the most inconvenient times work at the gym, in the shower. And like right as I'm trying to go to bed, I feel like I'm always like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. It's like a surprise attack. Yeah, I know Steve has talked before about how he monologues in the shower. So. Yeah, shower. Work <laughs> yep. is also like a big one. That's I bought a journal at the start of the year because I'll be at work. I'm like, this is like a great idea. And by the time I get home, I'm like, I don't even remember what I was thinking. Yeah. So yeah, no, like yeah. work is like the mind wanders. It's like, they, you know, like eight hours of just like sitting at your desk or whatever. Eventually you're going to mm -hmm. be like. Hmm, what about that story I'm working on, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think it makes perfect sense. I uh sometimes like if I think of something in the shower, I'll have to like repeat the line or the phrase that I came up with in my you know, I have to say it out loud a million times. So I'm like saying like a line and it sounds like a chant or something, you know, my <laughs> my fiance's yeah. like, what is she doing? <laughs> she just keeps saying a dumberative a million times. Right. Up <laughs> poetry is a front to hide the fact that you're actually a witch yeah, right? she's in the shower. <laughs> Poets and prophecies. There you go. Um, <laughs> I'm changing the title. <laughs> oh no, Julie. Um but, Julie no, but I know what you mean. Inspire against me. <laughs> I, did, I did the same thing. I'll like think of something and then I'll just like repeat like sometimes if I'm driving, I also think of things when I'm like driving home from work. Sometimes I have a long commute. And so, and I can't do anything because I'm driving, so I can't write it down. So I just, in my mind, I'm just like repeating it over and over and over and over again. Let me tell you something that has has saved me uh, when that happens. I'm, I'm sure all of my devices are about to like light up, but I will ask Siri to start a voice memo. Okay, and yeah. I, I also think that's very helpful too. That's another thing I like to do sometimes is actually like physically record myself just like saying random things. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, like I said, I, I like my poems to be conversational. I like it to feel like a train of thought or something. So if I just kind of speak it out, you know, it might seem more true to what I'm actually feeling than like if I like specifically craft a a line in a poem that that wouldn't feel as you know, original to my original feeling rather than if I just kind of like set it all in one long winded yeah. breath. Yeah, I definitely have to do that. I have not an iPhone though. And so I've been trying to find like a good like at like a, you know, speech yeah. text app that I can do that with. I'm, I'm working at it. I've 
I gotta yeah. send you that. <laughs> they, so, they also make like little voice recorders that are like forty bucks on Amazon. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that would be so cool if you had like a little tape recorder or like. I should. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would be like that's a good aesthetic. Just someone who carries around a tape recorder to talk into. That's mm -hmm. great. I like yeah. that. So many writers do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna buy one. It'll look cool and it'll be like it'll up your productivity. Your <laughs> yeah, people I, I, like. I, but you always be like, what the hell? What I know. <laughs> That's part of the reason I picked up the part of the reason I picked up the notebook because it's like it's like a black notebook and I'm just I'll be writing in it and it's yep. like well, what's he writing like this is yeah. nothing but yeah I'm a big black notebook person myself it's got yeah. a good look it's got a good look you know yeah there you go I also think that do you guys think that maybe um I don't know about you Julia I guess you're a copywriter but um <laughs> like do you think that having a job that's like very like analytical and like not very creative at all. I mean, yours might feel a creative, Julia. I know Steve is not very creative because it's like, uh, what do you do, engineering or something? Well, it's like 3D modeling and 3D like, modeling. Uh, laser oh, cool. scanning, yeah. So it's like very analytical. And stay with me, I um, with pharmacy, I'm staring at a screen all day long, like looking at prescriptions and pills. Yeah. So <laughs> I did you think that maybe like having a lot of your day be very like analytical, kind of like that's what kind of triggers like the creative burst, like during those times. You know what I mean? I think I it's like, just because I'm usually just bored out of my just... mind. So it's like, <laughs> right. I'm not focusing on work a lot of the time. So I'm just like, well, I should, I should think about writing. Yeah, like, <laughs> then I get home. See, I think, that's, I think that's part of the, I, I, I work when I'm working, obviously, but I think part of the reason when I get home and like, I don't write as much as I want to, or like nearly any at, at all is because like, I'm like, well, I'm not bored anymore. I'm home. I can do whatever I want. And so I think that if I could, Get away from writing while I'm at work. That'd be perfect. Maybe I should get a job as an author. <laughs> you know, it's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> I feel I feel like because so I'm a copywriter, so yeah. I do like marketing writing for brands. Um, right now, okay, so I, that can be boring. <laughs> well, it's actually I, it depends. Um, I okay. used to work for Verizon, so I would be writing oh. about like phones a lot. Sure. So that, I felt like I was just kind of burnt out on. Sure. Um, but now I work for Wyndham uh, Hotels and Resorts, and you know, so I get I, I just started this job like a couple weeks ago. So, but oh, I'm, nice. I'm getting immersed. Thank you. I'm getting immersed into like, um, you know, the, the travel aspect of it, right? Because you're, oh, cool. you know, in the hospitality and, and travel industry. So that I think will be very um, inspirational as I go but one thing that I always say is similar in the copywriting and the poetry world is you know when you're writing for marketing purposes you have to be really quippy and really conversational and to the point and you have to be easily understandable and also I mean like I said before those are things that I like to incorporate into my own poetry as well so you know people have asked me like do you feel burnt out because like you're just constantly writing all the time but I, I honestly feel the opposite I feel like the more the better because you know if I'm writing about one thing I might get inspiration for another or you know it's, it's just different like different worlds but they definitely have their similarities and those similarities are essential and like strengths for me anytime you get to develop your uh, voice as a writer right yeah yeah, and I think that um, if if you're something if it's something you're really passionate about, I feel like you can never get sick of it. Like yeah. I could write all day long every day and be mm -hmm. like, come like the happiest ever. Like this would be yep. great. So I yep. yeah, I see how. Yeah, I mean that's why I went into this industry is because I'm like I I want to write and I want to get paid for it. 
Yeah, right. Like, there you no, go. Yeah. The, the poetry and the literary world in general, it's pretty hard to make like a sizable living off of it. Yeah. Um, so I compromised and said I could make money in marketing. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's fair. That's a realistic way to look at it because it is hard. And we'll talk about publishing later, but I've also like been trying to like get, I wrote a novel that I'm trying to get published. And it's like, like it's so hard. <laughs> like it's, hard. it's really hard. That is why so, I self publish. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's why I want to hear about self publishing. I'm really excited to talk about that later. Cause like, I feel like maybe eventually I might end up that way. Cause it's like real tough to get something traditionally published. And I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Not that I'm giving up because you can't give up. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to hear about that later. One thing I did want to talk about is, uh, so we've talked a lot about your, like, your solo endeavors, but you have also contributed a lot of work to, like, uh, magazines like Clementine, for example. You mentioned mm -hmm. earlier name from the University of Buffalo. What is it like writing something that's more of, like, supposed to be representative of, like, a piece in your entire oeuvre versus something that's going to be viewed in a collaborative effort? What is there any differences between those processes? So sometimes... I'll write something for submission specifically. So if um, Clementine Magazine, for example, which by the way, they are an incredible um, new uh, literary art magazine based in the Hudson Valley, New York. Um, highly recommend you guys check them out. They're a group of very talented ladies and gents. But sometimes, so like when I got my first poem published in Name, which is uh, University of Buffalo's literary magazine, that was something I had already written. And I just, um, I thought it kind of, you know, because typically with submissions like that, they'll have like an umbrella of themes or maybe not. Maybe it's just like an open submission and you can just send them whatever you want to. I was also on the editing staff, so... I kind of like knew everybody who was editing That's the poetry. Fair, yeah. So um, it, it was, it was a little easier for that, but, and similarly with Clementine, like I know the girls who publish um, the ladies who publish, but you know, I mean like that's, that also goes to show you that it's a lot about making connections in the world because like, that's how you get published. Like even my Buffalo news piece, um, my good friend and colleague, Rachel Robles, she is a poet that I studied with at UB, and she branched off and did amazing things. She did a whole um, live poetry show every month over quarantine for almost a year, I think she did it. And it was, she had these incredible, po like, I was on it um, a couple times, and I helped her out with, like, social media and stuff, but kind of deviating from the original topic but that's okay <laughs> needless to say um she introduced me uh to the poetry editor of the buffalo news and i sent him i think maybe three or four of my poems and you know because i had a connection like i i got published like he published my poem a bird cried war and you know they printed i want to say it was like 500 400 or 500,000 copies Oh, wow. Of, of that edition wow. was printed. Yeah. That's awesome. That was really cool. So the one you you just sent them the poem, they just published it as is. And then the <laughs> other one, you kind of worked with the editors. Do you, have you gotten a lot of like, I guess like input from like, after you write a poem, do you have like people read it? Is there any like editing process to it? Or like, how does that kind of go? So I'm kind of like a chicken shit. <laughs> and like, I don't. I'm always afraid that people are going to hate my poem or not understand it or tell me that they've seen it a million times before. So I really don't 
I, and I, I tried to be better about this. Um, I had a group of friends uh, at the beginning of the pandemic where we kind of would like show each other our work and give like constructive criticism. And it was really helpful. And, but I feel like I'm always just like, Oh God, like I can't show this to anybody until it's ready until like, I'm ready to sign my name and say, okay, here it is. I totally know what you're talking about. I like, am the same exact way. Like I, <laughs> but, uh, that's why I did, um, I've been trying to get better about that. So that's why like I did, um, on my Instagram, I'm posting like a few lines from mm-hmm. whatever I'm writing that day. Yeah. Um, like every day for the, for this month, I'll probably do it for so I think it's kind of like as a little way for me to be like, just put things out there and like yeah. people can, you know, so people can read it. And then it kind of like, it's a small way to kind of like get better at doing that. Yeah. I, it's, I feel like it's scary because I think with um, poetry and anything, any creative, any art any at all, not even just writing any art, like I think you're putting so much of like yourself and like your emotions and like you're just putting so much into it that it can kind of be scary to be yeah like feel like people might be judging you or feel like people are like looking into maybe a part of your life that you maybe don't share a lot or you know what I mean so I think that there's a lot that goes into art that can definitely be scary to share so I know what you mean exactly and usually I feel like most times people are super nice and they have a lot of right things to say about what we end up writing but I've had I've had experiences like um I I wrote like a dumb little travel blog uh after I went to Spain and I was just like, oh, like, it's fun and it was great. And these are all the things I did. And some random dude was, like, roasting me. Oh, he's my like, God. He's like, this is, like, the most – I forget what he said. It, but Aww. he was, like, he was being so mean. And I'm like, this is what I was afraid of. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. But, you know, yeah. internet trolls, you can't listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you said, said that there's different themes. Obviously, we have the emotions and feelings on the first one, sentience. Mm-hmm. And then we have garden – which you were saying, I know you have like the like the streams that you do in the mm. lives. So I know you had said this one is like really whimsical, right? And about like yeah. more like love and like growing up and like that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And, and then you have the yeah. pandemic kind of like more in depth, I imagine like feelings and things for that one. So yeah, like how, I guess do you come up with a theme? Like, is it after and then... Um, have you ever felt like you have a collection and then you want to like add more, but you're trying to round out in the same theme, like yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. So um, with Sentience, that was kind of just something that I thought was unique because it was like, oh, the alphabet, you know, it's like a sophisticated take on the alphabet for me. Um, and then with Garden, I honestly got my inspiration for the name or for the title of that book from uh a shower curtain <laughs> that I saw um, I, at, at my old job. I used to like make inspiration boards um, or like different products and stuff. So I happened to stumble upon this. Um, yeah, it was like a beautiful shower curtain. It had like these like super artsy raindrops and it was called like Hardine, which is garden in Spanish, something, something, something. And I was like, garden and it like hit me and i'm like this is the title because you know my my metaphor around that was like oh you know your body is a garden and your you know life is a garden and there was like the secret garden analogies and um i i really love nature so like that was huge in there and then from a window yeah it was 
you know, I, I thought I wanted to write about one thing and then literally 2020 happened and changed my entire, not, I shouldn't say the entire thing, but it did really influence a large part of it because I was like, no, like when it started, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to just write a pandemic, you know, book. That's what everybody's going to do. But then I'm like, how can I not? Like the, these were such um, formative experiences that we were all, you know, going through for the first time and a lot of crazy shit happened so yeah um yeah so you know i just i ended up adding so much more to it and you know i thought you know i just wanted to focus on like the things going on outside in the world and like bodies bodies is a big thing i'm big into body image but then i was like but you know i feel like i can't just talk about that i have to talk about my heritage too and then you know the whole like looking within and looking outward analogy came and it all just kind of made sense and fell into place yeah you said you had um a couple of poems like kind of before the pandemic that you were like that you had yeah. and then so did you are those still in from the window yeah like, you just some them of in? them are um some of them some of them I left kind of to die yeah um <laughs> and that happens I mean that's something that's something you have to be comfortable with when writing as i'm sure you both know is you have to be okay with like slashing stuff if it doesn't fit you know the end goal um so, and, and even still like some sometimes i'll just randomly like think something and i'll write like a little poem in my phone and and i'll like it and it's cute but it's it's not what the book is about so um it'll either live there forever in my notes app or maybe maybe it'll be relevant for my next book um I, who knows so that poem you wrote in 2019 about the new roaring 20s, that didn't make it. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I never wrote a poem like that because that would uh, have aged poorly. <laughs> Age like milk, yeah. <laughs> That's like kind of my default. Like if I'm writing something and then I don't like the way it's going or something, my kind of like default thing that I'll do is just like literally delete the whole thing. So I'll be like writing and I'll be like however many pages in or whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> completely delete it. So yeah, uh, it's kind of rough sometimes if you spend a lot of time on it, but to then yeah. just completely start over. But sometimes it's necessary. Like if it's not going the way you want it to go, like the only thing you can do is start over. So mm -hmm. and I will say, even now, like as I'm in the editing phase of my book, um, because I finished the first draft already, um, everything's mostly in place. I'm, I might like rearrange some of the poems, but um, and like do like a final cursory edit um, on everything. But I, I, I'm thinking of one poem in particular, which I will not name because if it's um, if it survives, I don't want it to hate me. But like I might like cut it out because I'm like, does this really actually fit? Does this you know kind of encapsulate everything that I want to say? Or is it just a filler poem? Like, I always try to be very conscious of, is this an intentional piece of work? Or is it just something I want to add to it just to make the book longer? And that's not, you know, I want to try to avoid the latter. Fair. What were you going to say, Steve, about what was your stance on that? Oh, uh, no, I was just going to say, like, my go-to thing is, like, I... uh We'll go from like one piece I'm working on to another so that none of my pieces are ever finished. Once I hit like a point where I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore, onto the next story, I'll come back to it later, you know? <laughs> and then you yeah. like, come back to it later. Yeah, exactly. That's why I decided like, I'm like, for the first like quarter of the year, I'm like only focusing on like one story. Even if I can't get much progress on it, I'm not going to work on other things basically. Yeah, I said that and I was going to finish. And I was, my goal was to finish this other book I was writing by June. 
Yeah, I like completely gave up on that book and started. <laughs> oh, no. I started a whole new project, so I'm slipping behind on my goal here. But you know, well, that's okay. I feel like I mean, even me, I um, from a window when I announced the title of the book, it was almost a year ago, and I was like, okay. I'm going to publish it by fall 2021. And then fall 2021 came around and I hadn't quite, like it definitely, it, it was not at all where it is now. Obviously I, I have my first draft, but I was just like, no, this isn't quite it. And then life happened, right? Like, you know, I, I got engaged in October and then that kind of took up 99% of my brain. Um, it still does. but Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I and Garden, I I pushed the publish date back to. I was going to try to publish that in I think the fall of 2018, and then it ended up being spring 2019. Um, Good so, thing it wasn't 2020. <laughs> Good thing it. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have it would not have been the time. It <laughs> would have been. Yeah, and that's it's funny to look back at it now and reread some of these poems, and I'm like, oh, I I felt so sure of my knowledge of the world and I did not know anything <laughs> yeah here we are I know but it's hard to you know looking yeah. back you can always find like yeah. mistakes or whatever but um yeah so what is the editing like so you said you did a first draft and then like what mm -hmm. kind of things are you like changing the poems or is it more like formatting or like what kind of things are you doing um, it's a little bit of everything um a lot of it I for certain, I have to get down the table of contents. I have to get down the order of the poems because um, I had ordered it as I was writing it and then I printed everything out and I was like, this order makes no sense. What was I thinking? And I don't necessarily write, I don't necessarily order my poems in the way that I wrote them, but I, I do like for there to be a narrative. So like with Garden, for example, you kind of started at a place where I was young and reflecting on my childhood. And then I aged a little bit and talked about like heartbreak that I experienced and how, you know, that kind of formed me into the woman that I am today and, you know, how I love in both romantic and platonic and familial relationships. And then, you know, I got to the section of hating my body like that you know and then I, I by the end of it I was just very happy and peaceful and calm and so it felt like there was like a nice little string there a nice little arc and f with from a window it's definitely more chaotic because that's how I feel like the past two plus years have been it's been chaos and so I don't want it to feel exactly that same smoothness because, you know, that wasn't my experience of it. But but there definitely does need to be some refinement because I think some of it is a little too jarring to go from like this, like, look at this cute little poem to, fuck, I'm depressed or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I never thought of that. I mean, yeah, I've just, um, that's really interesting. I've just never thought that there's, I mean, it makes sense, but it's just interesting. Yeah. That there's so much that goes into even selecting the order of yeah. in a book like that. I've just never thought of it that way. That's, and that's good. 75 of them this time. Yeah. So that's I've got my work cut out for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder if like, uh, so you mentioned like when you got engaged, like there was like a break that you took because you're like, oh, there's like an all encompassing thing, obviously. Mm -hmm. Did you notice like the poems that you wrote afterwards, like have like a 
market shift in their tone? Like, oh, wow, life actually is pretty amazing or anything um, like that. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I did have a large chunk of them done by that time. And, and after getting engaged, I knew that I wanted to write about that in a small way, but I didn't want that to take away from what the book was about in general. Like, obviously, that was a big part of my life and it, and still is and still will continue to be as I get married and have kids one day. But I think that is more for another book. Whereas, you know, yeah. this is kind of just more about, like, the world and what the heck is going on. And, yeah, I mean, like, and still, as I'm editing, I I'm still tweaking things, like, adding a couple words here and there, like, you know, making it more finessed. Like, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to seem like a first draft, as none of us do. Like, we want to yeah. make sure that it's very polished and is very um, intentional when the world finally sees it as a whole body of work. Yeah, I feel like it's, like, almost two different chapters of your life, a pandemic, yeah. and then, yeah, getting married. It is. And like, I feel like it's completely... There, there's one poem in there. Um, it's towards the very, very, very end that's called Julia Juxtaposed. Where, um, because I talk a lot about my heritage and, you know, just me as a person, then I, um, that poem explores a lot about, you know, when I get married, if I change my name, which I'm still on the fence about, you know, how, what that will mean. Um, and I've decided that, like, going forward, I will always have Ramirez on my poetry hands down no if ands or buts because like that's that's my hispanic heritage and i don't look hispanic at all so that's like what i cling to you know to to connect me to that um and my fiance's last name is italian so like i'm not italian yeah. um but you know so i talk about kind of that like i like i do in part want to have the same name as my husband and my kids one day but i you know i want to keep my name but i don't really want to hyphenate because his last name is 10 letters long. So it's it just, we say it, it, my, my name would be every letter of the alphabet if I hyphenated. So, so yeah, that no, poem explores that whole, like, what should I do? You could make a, I don't know how you feel about your middle name, but I, when I got married, I made my middle name, my previous last name, mm -hmm. and then I changed my last name. So like, I've thought of that. Because then they're both still in there. But I don't know if you have yeah. an attachment to your middle name. I no, didn't. So my I middle like, name is care. Nicole. I, my mom just picked it out of a book. So, yeah. so you could do that too. <laughs> new move. Make his last name your middle name. Hmm? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, okay. Could, be, that could be a move. Well, let me run Why not? Him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or have, have him take your last name. Yeah. And then you can all be your name. He's, anyway. he's very proud of he's very proud of his last name so he I, I think a lot of people are i think most people are so i can understand that but yeah i mean he's been really cool about it you know not poetry related but he's he's been very uh, he's like you do whatever you want i'm like well oh. if you just had an opinion i could maybe make my mind up <laughs> <laughs> fair um yeah but no i think that's good though. and then it's you kind of have like a what do they call it like a, a pen name or like a yeah what's it called mm -hmm. a pen name so yeah, yeah i think that's I think it's nice to have all of the books have the same name too, just yeah. so that like from like a branding perspective, like yeah. that mm -hmm. is your brand, Julia Ramirez, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's a good move. To yeah. Make. So that, yeah. that will always be the case. Like my poetry will always be Julia Ramirez, whether I, whether I also add Torn and Bene to the end of it, we'll see, but sure. Um, Ramirez it is. All right. 
Yeah, so I guess we'll just talk about we'll go into publishing then. Is there any other like creative questions, Steve, or anything else we want to talk about? Creative? No, I think we're going to just get into like the publishing stuff because it's also a very important aspect of it. Then we can kind of do our wrap up stuff about like maybe like exploring some specific poems, stuff for the future, stuff for the listeners. So, yeah. All right. Perfect. So yeah, let's talk about publishing. So did you? Were you like? No, knew like right off the bat, like I'm gonna self-publish, or did you kind of maybe explore the traditional publishing side a little bit beforehand and then decide, or like how was that? So, um, I with Sentience, my first, um, it started off as a final project for um, my senior year capstone project for my creative writing um, part of my degree, and it was kind of its own thing and then i was like you know this needs to be a book like a real book and i was terrified of the real publishing process because i'm like i just graduated from college i don't know what i'm doing at all with my life nor do i have really any connections in the literary world so i knew i i had the self-awareness that like nobody was gonna be like, wow, this is amazing. I'm Penguin Random House. Let me publish you. Sure. So I was just like, you know, like, let me see what there is. Because, you know, um, self-publishing was kind of starting to be a thing. Um, you were hearing, like, murmurs of it around the community. And, and so I just kind of did my research. And um, I found this website called Blurb, which really is a website for, like, photo books and stuff like that. Um a lot of um i have a lot of friends in architecture um and they would like print out their portfolios using you know a similar platform so like that's kind of how i stumbled upon it um and then i saw that i could sell the book through them and um they didn't take any percent of the profits i just oh, really? um, yeah which was great which is why i did it initially because i was like i don't you know, I, I want to get as much money as possible from this. Sure. I'm not going to make a lot of money from it. And so, uh, you know, it's you, you set the price for the book and they take out the printing costs of it. And that was it. That's what I did. And uh, they had a, a software that I downloaded that I was able to um, kind of design the book myself, both the cover and the inside. You know, not that it really needed much. I mean, like I landed on a pink <laughs> cover. But um, I really enjoyed that process. And then when I was writing Garden, I knew that the book was going to be a little heavier in a way, both because there were more poems and because it just was more important to me. So it like weighed heavier in my heart. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I want to get this on a bigger platform somehow and at that point um you know like rupee cower was famous for self-publishing her stuff um and you know amazon had put out their kindle direct publishing program kdp um and so that's the route i went because i'm like amazon like if i could say i have a book on amazon you know people are gonna yeah. be like oh shit like that's pretty cool um whereas i'm like oh like you could buy my book on blurb it's not really something that people know about not not to put more money in Jeff Bezos's pocket because Amazon does take a percentage. They take uh, 40% of your 40%. book. Wow, that's really high. Wow. It is high. But to me, it, the cost kind of pays off, right? Because if I can say I'm on Amazon, anybody in the world can buy and find my book. Yeah. 
just, you know, the, the platform just sold me on it. Um, and eventually one day I would like to hopefully get published through like a publishing company and then, you know, have like a larger distribution and hopefully maybe get, um, my book into like physical stores. That would be really cool. But for now, I think Amazon makes the most sense as I'm, um, kind of just writing, editing, marketing, creating it all myself. Have you noticed a difference in the amount of like sales through the different uh, distributors? Oh yeah. Um, oh really? I mean, random people aren't going out and buying my book. Yeah, like, I haven't that's hit fair. that level of success yet. But um, because it's available on Amazon, like anybody, like you know, I send the link to my grandma, my neighbor, my coworker, and you know, everybody gets a copy. Um, and then, you know, with with how I set up that payment structure, I think I made like $5 off of every sale. Okay, okay. that's awesome. Which, you know, it's not a lot, but it's, um, you know, it's something. What was it for Blurb? Like the, how, like, how much was your profit? I sold Blurb for, or um, I sold Sentience for, I think, like, I could look it up. How much did I sell? How much is it? Uh, I have it on sale for nine dollars and 83 cents so i think i get about seven dollars off of that because it's about okay. two two and change to um print it right okay so it's not a huge difference between the two no, amazon's taking like 40 percent. yeah and and uh, the way um because from a window is going to be significantly um more poems than garden was i'm going to price it a little higher because i think i have yeah. it for 14 dollars. i have garden for 14 dollars on amazon yeah um i haven't decided the exact price yet because i don't want it to be like a 25 dollar book because then i feel like again it doesn't become as accessible as i want it to be yeah it's like 19.99 yeah i mean you know like a nice little nice little sharp number there um because you know i mean you know we went through a pandemic like people are busy they have lives and weddings and babies and houses to save up for so i don't want them to pay like a gazillion dollars for my book because like it's not about yeah. the money at the end of the day yeah can you give us like an overview of like so like what is the process of doing like amazon publishing like is it like a soft you said it was a software with blurb yeah so is there like a software or like how does that does it go through amazon do they like look at it at all ahead of time or like so kind of um with with blurb i had to literally download a software. I mean, I could have designed it like in Adobe or something if if I had the means to, but I'm not savvy with that kind of stuff. So, um sure. I used their software, but then with Amazon, um it's kind of it wasn't a, a program that I had to download. It's kind of like all internally in their Kindle Direct Publishing. Um and I really just had to upload a file and just kind of make sure it was in the parameters of you know, the size of the book. I think it's a I think I did a six by nine for both of them. And so it was more, it was still like its own, you know, platform, but it was, it was very user-friendly. Um, I mean, I am sort of tech savvy, I like to think, but um, it was really easy to use. I just had to like pretty much upload my poems and my cover and that was it. And then, um, and then I had to submit it once I was finished with it. I had to submit it. Um, and then it takes a couple days for Amazon to, uh, like approve it. I, it took, it actually took quicker than I thought it would. Cause I remember I was, I was marketing the book to be published on April 1st, uh, 2019. And it ended up being 
um, available on the 29th because I submitted it like a week in advance thinking like, oh, God, what if it's not ready by April 1st? And then it was. So um, I was like, surprise, it's available two days, three days early. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess somebody did have to actually go in and like make sure I didn't have like racist or like yeah, right terrorism. Yeah, page there. five, just the anarchist cook. <laughs> Something, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but then I mean, like I don't I don't really know how in depth they go because like free speech, I guess. Um, yeah, they maybe like they just scan it for certain words or something. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So that's exciting. And then we're sticking with Amazon for. Yep. Just because I'm familiar with it, and yeah, it's just. Um, Right now, it it's important to me to have that platform. It's it's the way we're going for now. See anything else on publishing, Steve? Do you want to go into the marketing stuff, or do you want to just go straight into like the poetry stuff? We could do like real quick. Let's just do like a real quick on marketing, and then we'll go into poetry. Um, yeah. So just like so, you do you have your Instagram and you have a website, and you were doing the Twitch streaming, right? So what else, like what, I feel like what's like your favorite things to do for marketing or like maybe what like, do you feel like works the best for you in terms of like marketing your book? I think um, doing honestly things like this, like hopping on somebody's podcast or going into a live stream um, in, in addition to like, you know, your typical social media marketing, you know, where you like my book's coming out, like you post it like three times every day. <laughs> But yeah, like just really getting involved in the community and like making connections and talking to people about it and, you know, doing events like these are super, super, super essential, I think, to anybody who's trying to self-publish because nobody is going to buy your book if they don't know about it. And I'm still, I still like to do other things like um, I do poetry, um, open mic nights sometimes. I'm going to be... This summer, uh, I think it's the week after I publish my book, um, one of my fiancé's good friends, he's one of our groomsmen, he hosts, um, like, these uh, comic conventions, like, food conventions. He's, like, a convention dude. He has his own business. It's super cool. Um, So he's doing this huge, huge event at uh, a brewery in Long Island, and I'm going to read my poems there. So, like... There's going to be hundreds of people at that. Um, it's called Moonlight Market. Uh, look it up. Uh, Moonlight Market, Long Island. That's and awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's doing doing these things and, like, trying to get as involved as possible. Um, I, I also, every year, try to go to the New York City Poetry Festival. It's on Governor's Island. They usually have it in July, I think, every year. You know, and just trying to, like, talk to people there. They have an open mic there. Um, I could I could buy a booth if I want to, which I'm considering. I have to see if that's still available yet or if I'm too late. Um, so yeah, just like constantly just doing things, getting yourself out there, never shut up about your work. <laughs> yeah, that's so tough though. I feel like that's the hardest part is to like put yourself it is. out there. Like we were saying earlier, because like that fear of like judgment or like people not understanding or like, so yeah, that's good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. I definitely have room for improvement for sure. But, you know, I, I try to do a little more with every book that I publish. Yeah, it makes sense. You're getting better at your craft. You want to sh- show it to more and more of the world as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe this would be a good point if you want to maybe share with the listeners a poem of, or tool of yours that you're very proud of. They want to kind of like give a little sampling to those listening so they can get an idea of your work. Yeah, sure. So I will read... Uh, at least one, if not two, 
Um, the first one I'll read is A Bird Cried War because I feel like I talked about that a lot. And it, it, like I said, it's the poem that got published in the Buffalo News. It's one I'm really proud of. And I, you know, I think y'all will like it too. So this is A Bird Cried War. We the people are lodgepole pines, reborn from flames through charred, fallen, martyred brethren, spirits exhumed, a movement heightened. Did you hear it? A bird cried war from the tip-top of our forest. Blood-red robins, black-as-death crows. Did you hear them? Our stirring winds were stronger now. Roots interlaced, connected earth. Did you hear it? Song for the dead, echoing far. Fire after fire, we will come back in contempt of blackened ground. Do you hear us? That was wonderful. That was really good. Yeah. Thank you. I really love that poem. <laughs> yeah, I like the way that you're describing things. Like the words that, like you're using, you know, like blood and, you know, the words that you're selecting are all connected to like war and everything. I think it's okay. Yeah, thank you. That um that one kind of came about because I was, this this is actually one that I, wrote uh I, I i edited it in 2020 but i wrote it the gist of it in 2019 um largely as both a reflection of like the trump era craziness and then um there were a lot of wildfires going on in the world and i was or you know in in you know like california and out west and stuff um and i visited uh wyoming it's one of my favorite places jackson hole um, and my, uh, one of our family friends was telling us about the lodgepole pine, which literally is the only way it can like be reborn is if it gets burned to the ground. And so that was, I was like, whoa, like this is so cool. So I, um, I obviously included it in my poem. <laughs> yeah. The As imagery was very vivid, like the black and red yeah. like repeated throughout like the bird mm -hmm. through the blood is like the image of my mind is like very like. So it was like monochrome of just like the splash of blood and whatnot. It's yeah. a beautiful sight. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny because I realized that I write a lot about birds and blood. And I, <laughs> I, 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 blood is one of my biggest fears and birds like, you know, <laughs> what's a bird? I mean, like, yeah. I've, I've come across so many inspirations of those two things. So you'll see a lot of that in. Well, birds mm -hmm. represent so many things, I feel like, yeah. you know, across a lot of literature. So Yeah, very powerful yeah. tools of metaphor through, like, different cultures. So it makes sense. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's just nice to look at them. Like, they're pretty. They, you know, remind you of happiness because they're singing. You know, I think that, you know, birds are great. They're cool. <laughs> Perfect. They're very cool. <laughs> Tagline for From a Window. Yeah. Birds are yeah, birds great. Are great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they're real. We're on uh, they're, the they're real yeah. side. Yeah. They're real. <laughs> they're not little drones spying yeah. on us. Yes. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So I can read another poem for you. I'll read a That'd shorter one this time. So I one one of the things that I've said that I write about a lot in this book is my heritage and um where I'm from and I grew up in Texas and so I decided to write about Texas and I have both a couple like love letters to Texas in this book and also this poem that I'm about to read which is kind of like a what the hell are you doing Texas <laughs> kind of poem so it is called a complicated home Texas 
I wish you weren't known for what you're known for. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean. Like, I mean, yeah, I wish you could be just about cowboys and cattle and barbecue and burritos and blue bonnets and sprawling landscapes and wide open skies. All that good stuff, you know, but that ain't how it works. Unless you are so privileged to be so naive. The good goes hand in hand with the bad. A tangled amalgamation under God, one nation. Here I am, processing it. O Texas, my Texas, O guilt, my guilt, O burden, my burden, I wilt, I wilt. But when I return to your hallowed ground, I won't ask permission for choice. And from afar, I still have my voice, and you better bet your biscuits and gravy and your grits and your grit that I'll keep using it. Let us be proud to be you, Texas. Isn't that what you want, what you treasure, pride? I like it. That's Very really biting. Good. Yeah. I think that you reading it also adds like another layer to it. does. Yeah. That's why I like to read poems because, you know, you somebody might read it in a completely different way. And then, you know, I feel like I put like a little bit of sass in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. When appropriate. A little bit of that southern charm in it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it'd be cool if you like when the book is out to do like a reading of like all of them. Like even as like a podcast, you could like do an episode of like each one. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think it does add a lot to it to have you reading and talking about it, you know. Yeah, I definitely, that's definitely something that I have explored and I have some ideas. So stay tuned. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, keep us posted. Sneak peek, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think I could have a general time period about when you wrote that story as well, what yeah. it might be about. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Very, very poignant. I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I, like I said, I think it's important to be have a critical lens on the world sometimes in your poetry. Like not everything is beautiful. <laughs> Especially these days. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So did we want to do some off the papyrus segment? Are we, are we there, Steve? What do you think? Well, we can. Yeah. I don't really have much. Um, do you have much for off the papyrus? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have like, like three things. Okay. I wrote down, so. Yeah. And so these questions are just like, Quick, rapid response. Yeah, rapid fire. Yeah, Love exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, first one I had was, yeah, we talked to like a little bit about like the editing process, but do you feel like, do you have poems where like they start off one way and then like they kind of end up maybe completely different than like where you originally thought it was going? Like, or is it more kind of a little more formed when you start? I would say like 75, 85% of the time they do end up where I wanted them to but sometimes they don't and sometimes it's surprising sometimes it's frustrating but at the end you know the end goal once the poem is totally formed whether I you know it's where I wanted it to be or not like I still really love the poem and that's why I will include it in the book all right and then I had um so we talked about like kind of like wanting things to be perfect. So do you feel like sometimes, cause this is something that I struggle with and I write too, that like the perfectionism side of you is almost like paralyzing when you're writing where you like don't feel like you can get anything out because you're like, oh, it's gotta be perfect before I put it down on paper. You know what I mean? Yes, it definitely is paralyzing. <laughs> That's a great oh, yeah. word for it. Yeah. <laughs> but I try to, I try to be kind to myself. That's like a, another theme that, whether it's overt or not in the book that, you know, I just try to be good to myself, um, you know, mind and body, like it all goes together. So that includes not putting myself down 
when I write something and even now, like I'll pick up sentience and I'll be like, Oh God, I can't believe I wrote that. I'm cringing. I'm like, no, like this is what I felt at the time. This is, you know, the best that I did at the time. Let's not, let's not judge for what used to be. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's definitely a good attitude to have for sure. Um, And then I just have one more question. Uh, How do you feel like, I guess it kind of what you just said, like, do you feel like your style has changed a lot and like your writing and like over the books and over time? I'm sure it has. I do think it has. And also I don't at the same time. Um, I definitely feel like because I'm more of an adult now than I was at 22, um, I I have more of a mature worldview or more of a um, maybe you could even say jaded worldview than when I was just so naive and innocent and, you know, just off the cuff emotional. But, you know, uh, I I do, I love using metaphor. I really love, um, I like to rhyme, even though most of my poems don't have like a specific form that's like, you know, like a sonnet or a villanelle or something. Um, But I do like to have rhyme in there because I feel like, you know, that'll stick into people's minds and it sticks into mine and same with like repetition I I repeat stuff a lot because uh, you know they say if you repeat something three times you're going to remember it so like that's where I feel like it kind of packs a punch and yeah but I mean otherwise I feel like I still write about similar things Um, but you know I I do feel like I said I feel like I, I have a more mature seasoned take on the world now yeah, that makes sense. Getting older, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, go ahead, uh, Steve. What questions did you have? Uh, I think I'm just gonna. The stuff that I wrote was mostly relating to the stuff that we talked about earlier about like the staying in lane versus like kind of giving voice to topics you might not be super familiar with. But I think what you discussed earlier actually was like a really good um, examination of that. So I don't think we need to retread that. So I think I'm good on my off the papyrus. So. All right. So I guess we'll. that's about it so thank you so much for joining us julia it was fascinating conversation i'm so glad that we did this yes thank Um, you yeah so tell us where can everybody find you how can we get to know you better yes so uh you can go to my website juliaramirez.com very easy to remember um and i also have an instagram you can follow me at excuse me i'm julia um i have a twitch account that i sometimes stream on uh it is also excuse me i'm julia um i also have a twitter under the same name but that's just mainly for memes and stuff keep it consistent i like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's it's like it's my brand i came up with it when i was in like 11th grade all right perfect perfect. and uh when can uh the listeners expect to uh find uh from the window being published so it will be from a window will be available on June first. Uh, it'll be on Amazon. You can also find it on my website. I will be marketing the shit out of it on my Instagram. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll hear about it, and on this lovely podcast, you'll hear about <laughs> Thank it. Thank you, yeah, <laughs> Julia. Thanks for stopping by. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. Uh, all right, so Steve, what are we talking about next time? Next week is going to be a very exciting episode. Kate, Julie, and I will be doing an actual write-around. We're going to be working on a collaborative story. So stick around if you want to partake in that. And in the meantime, have a wonderful day.